The fascinating source of the word fascinating. This is from antiquitatem.com. Uh, fascinating hyphen evil hyphen eye hyphen apotropaic hyphen phallus. The fascinating source of the word fascinating. Sometimes we are fascinated, attracted, impressed, or touched. Touche in French, to find out the origin of the origin of a word, as if, as we removed the curtain, we could look at what was behind or buried in the deepest part of the valley. I guess this is translated from um, Spanish or something, because the guy's called Antonio Marco Martinez. Says, and I've got some idiosyncratic translations of me. That is the strength of the etymology of the words, the knowledge of which provides us basic information on which their later extended meaning sits. Well, to fascinate, according to the dictionary of the Royal Academy of the Spanish Language, derives from the Latin fascinare, or fascinare, and has three meanings. One, to deceive, to hallucinate, or obfuscate. Two, to attract irresistibly. Or three, to make the evil eye. Fascinare in Latin means cause or make the evil eye, hex, enchant or bewitch. For Pliny, the fascinating men are medicine men or, or, or sorcerers. Fascinatio is the action to fascinate, to bewitch. It's the fascination, enchantment, spell or charm. Catullus used the term fascinare in this way, with this meaning, in his poems 7 or 12. So many kisses that neither the curious people can count or hex with their bad language which is basia que nec pernumerari curiosi possint nec mala fascinari lingua. Or the poet Virgil says in his eclogue, I do not know what eye hexes my tender lambs. Nescio quis teneros oculus mihi fascinat agnos. So it's easy to understand the first meaning in our dictionary, which does not really match with the Latin meaning, although it does derive from it. So the first meaning in the dictionary is deceive, hallucinate or obfuscate. Well, fascinari is an action verb formed from the word fascinum or fascinus, which means charm, hex or spell. The Latin term c would correspond to the Greek baskanon, according to Aulus Gellius, presumably in a, some sort of Greek-Roman dictionary. So Cloatius Verus calls fascinum like baskanum and fascinare like baskinare. Cloatius verus item fascinum appellatum quasi bascanum et fascinari esse quasi bascanari. Bascanon means fascinator, sorcerer, envious person, snoop, slanderer, or malicious person, but it also means male member, penis, phallus. Although the Latin people have another term, among many other terms of figurative or metaphorical sense that I may explain at another time, to name the phallus, penis, or male member, the mentula. So fuscinus seems to refer more to the erect member. It is used in this sense by Horace in his episodes uh, number 8, verses 15 to 20. Quid quod libelli stoici inter sericos iaciare pulilos amant, in literati non minus neroi regent, minusui languit fascinum, quod ut superbo proocces ab inguini, ore ad laborandum est tibi. So what? Because the booklets of the Stoics like to rest on silken cushions, have the muscles of the illiterate men less force, or have they got less languid members? If you want to make it come out from my proud crotch, you have to work it with your mouth. <laughs> Porfiry, in his Ad Horatiae Epodon 8.18, explains why Horace used this term. He put fuscinum 
instead of instead of virile parts, because the deformity of the male member is usually placed among the things that can fascinate us. Arnobius, after his conversion to Christianity, pokes fun at the pagan gods and so uses the term fasconus with this same meaning in his Adversius Nationis Libri. Andus Tutunus also exists in whose huge private parts and horrent male member you want your matrons to ride and consider it as a propitious sign. Etiamne tutunus, quius in manibus pudendis horentice fascino ustras, inequitare matronos et auspicabile ductus et optatis. Fasconus is even the name of the patron god who was worshipped by the Vestal Virgins against the evil eye and envy, and so it is used, for example, by Pliny in Naturalis Historia, mm-hmm. uh, in a passage which also tells us that a symbol of him stood below the victorious general's truck to prevent him from fascination. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will write about the phallus as a divinity and about its worship at another time. Well, I hope he does. Well, at this point, the obvious and required question is, what will, what will have to... Su- what will have to see the so-called penis or male member with... OK, so what does the penis or male member have to do with fascination spells or the evil eye? Both things must have uh, something similar and not only linguistically because a well-established custom among the Romans is to place a small necklace with a phallus shape around a children's neck or to hang tintinabula or bells in the doors of houses with phalluses or to place phalluses engraved or carved at the entrance of the house or other places, or to decorate lamps, chandeliers and other objects with them. We already saw on another occasion how Hermes, or Terminus, the messenger of the gods, was figured with a pillar with, a, with God's head and well-marked genitals or phallus. The topic is very well documented in text and the numerous archaeological remains. For example, Varro tells us in his De Lingua Latina, or can come from the custom of hanging certain obscene objects around the children's necks to keep them safe from anything bad that could happen to them. Potest vel ab eo quod puerist topicula res in collo quedam suspenditor, ne quid obsit. That is, it is a phallus-shaped amulet that is worn to ward off the evil eye, the spell or the enchantment. This function is called technically apotropaic, which comes from the, from the Greek ap- Apotrepo, meaning to keep away, keep off, or get out of apo, uh, away, out, or far, and trepo, turning or to spin, words that literally mean averting, in this case of evils and calamities. So apotropaic magic is a type of magic intended to turn away harm or evil influences, as in deflecting misfortune or averting the evil eye. Fasciculum is then the phallus-shaped amulets that children wear around the neck to avoid the evil eye. Nowadays it is relatively common to find people with such hanging on their neck, in some cases as mere decorations, but in many others also because of persisting and ancient superstition. About the evil eye we'll discuss another time, because besides the phallus, there are other apotropaic instruments and methods such as spitting three times on the ground. But the really difficult issue is to understand why the phallus and its representations have apotropaic value and the ability to prevent the evil eye. Traditionally, in the few and timid studies that have that the prevailing morality allowed, it was interpreted that the phallus was a symbol of fertility and abundance of goods, and therefore the opposite of the curse. It was also interpreted that, the, that it avoided the evil eye because the vision of the penis, which it considered obscene, 
forced it to look away, so the evil eye turned out impossible to be made if the eye focuses elsewhere. But the author Pascual Quignard, a contemporary French writer, in his book Sex and Fright, in which he makes an uninhibited interpretation of the rigid Roman sexuality, opposed to the cheerful Greek sexuality, dives into the deepest parts of men's psychology and offers a more suggestive and deep explanation about it. It's also a bit more difficult to un- one to be understood. The man is the result of a generative act because in which he was not present and that causes him an enormous curiosity and restlessness. The vision of the sexual act or copulation or the vision of the fasconum, the erect penis, paralyses the man, fascinates, attracts and bewitches him, stops his gaze. The vision of the direct representation of the human intercourse always generates for humans an extreme thrill, seeking from which we defend ourselves with horror. Quignard relates the fasconum to the spicing of scene Fescanine verses that were sung at weddings, whose role or function would be similar to that already described, and to the fascia, or band that Roman women used, used as a bra to support their breasts. And also relates it to the fasces, or bundle of sticks tied with a red belt, which is incidentally the root of the word fascism. The fear that produces the vision of the fascinum, or intercourse, is what explains, according to Quignard, that in the Pompeian paintings, women maintain the look, oblique, lateral, avoiding the direct view of the incomprehensible scene of animal generation. I think people use animals, animals having sex. I should explain, by the way, that um, one of the things that's caused me to look at this article in the first place was the fact that uh, I was directed to a page about Pompeii from the Latin uh, thing, that, Latin study that I was doing earlier, and um, I was reminded of the fact that uh, when they dug up Pompeii, which was famously you know, buried in volcanic ash, uh, they found these fasciculum, or fasciculus, um, I suppose it would be fasciculae, plural, I don't know, fascini. Uh They found these penis totem uh, sort of um, fetishes on every street corner and outside almost every door of every house in the whole wow. town. Now, the people who were excavating um, Pompeii in the, I guess it was the late 19th century, Mm -hmm. I think, um, basically were offended by these items. And so they put them all into boxes and then hid them in the basement of the museum and never displayed them. They were noted down that they had been discovered, but they were not... um, they were not displayed to the public. And when I went to the Pompeii pages, I did a search for Fasciculum to see if there was anything about them on the pages uh, of the official Pompeii excavation website, and lo and behold, couldn't find anything. Um, which led me to look up this uh, thing about the Fasciculum. And uh, so... Um, and so, that, so in Pompeii, they found these amazing frescoes, um, wall paintings, including scenes of animal animal copulation. I think even human copulation. And the, so the guy is saying that um, the the women aren't are painting the paintings, not looking directly at the scene of animal sex, because it you know um, I suppose it was seen as inappropriate for a woman to look at it, maybe. If the main function is to prevent the evil eye in terms of the fascination that the fasciculum causes, it should be mentioned that the evil eye consists precisely of invidere, from in, against, and videre, to see, envy, or throwing a look against somebody. Uh, so I guess invidere is what, is what the Latin word for evil eye would have been. 
Um, so evil eyes, in a, is a way, in a way, is a kind of like envy, or I guess a, a kind of um, maybe like a, an envy of the gods or or spirits, possibly dead ancestors. I'm not entirely sure who the evil eye is meant to be. Mm. On this lies precisely the envy of invader, which consists uh, to accumulate all the evil you want for someone inside, and especially the more clearly door of the soul, the eyes, through the look. Forcing someone to look away is to prevent him or her from envying us or looking badly at us. Deep psychology also helps us to understand ancient myths and rituals already incomprehensible to the ancients themselves that sometimes seek rational explanations and are absolutely dark to us nowadays, although we sometimes keep their practice today too, but usually we do it without knowing their origin or meaning. So, that's the end of that article, but... So some interesting things thrown up there, but I mean, yeah, the main thing is that I find interesting is the fact that the, um, yeah, the I suppose so the idea is that maybe the evil eye becomes so fascinated by the erect penis because it's something that, you know, you're not allowed, you're not meant to see. I think it's very deeply kind of ingrained in, in culture to not see the penis. Yeah, and uh, and, e- and even not necessarily. To touch it or yeah, to it I mean it's obviously seen as like a very potent thing and a thing of like great personal kind of um, pride and whatever you know. You have like you know tribes in the in the rainforest who like you know like or or, or you know the outback of Australia who like you know cloak their penises in uh, in sort of like you know to give the impression of permanent erection and stuff as a, using bark and wooden sheaths and stuff and. Um, but I suppose the idea is that the evil eye becomes fixated or fascinated on the penis hanging above the door and so it doesn't come into the house to see what's going on inside. It becomes kind of like trapped by the image of the floating <laughs> cock. And this is the, yeah, and it's, you know, so, so and, and, and it doesn't mention the article, but one of the things I found absolutely bizarre was, uh, and we were just, you know, in, in our modern era of, you know, um, you know fear of uh, predation on children and stuff, but the that they used to hang mobiles made of little winged penises made out of either brass or pottery above the cribs of children in the Roman era um, to, again, to ward off the evil eye and to prevent you know, misfortune coming into the house. Maybe we should do this for our house. What, hang cocks up? Maybe we should make our own uh, fascinate on. I think that would, mm-hmm. you think that would be quite a fun project to do, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does sound fun. Anyway, so there we are, the fascinating history of the Fascinaton.